From the Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 Studios in Los Angeles, it's time to go back to the films. Now here's your host, Tommy T. Hello ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining me for the sixth installment of Back to the Films, a podcast dedicated to the reminiscence and appreciation of films of old. I'm your host, Tommy T. Today we'll be discussing the film that after holding a mirror towards contemporary America, made the media fucking flip at the reflection they saw, Joker, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Robert De Niro. Now before we begin, put on a happy face, as this little gym will make you want to dance. The film opens with the main character Arthur applying some face paint in front of a mirror on a cold October day in Gotham City, which for those who have lost their virginities, is pretty much a comic booky version of New York City. And just like the real NYC, Gotham City is currently being overrun by rats, big stinky rats, as a radio broadcast marks today as day 18 of a garbage strike. Wanting to turn that frown upside down, Arthur sticks his fingers in his mouth and forces a smile, with the reflection in the mirror being a better reflection of who Arthur really is, the happiest guy in the world. Being the happiest guy in the world, Arthur works as a clown for hire. While doing one of those cool ass sign dancing gigs, Arthur has his sign stolen by a bunch of rats, kids that is, not actual rats, and putting in more effort to retrieve the sign than to pay warrants, receives an ass beating for his efforts. Later that day, Arthur has a jolly laugh while replaying the sequence in his head, sitting in an office that screams 1980s due to his overabundance of legal documents and cigarette smoke. Arthur asks a science social worker who has just been sitting there awkwardly this whole time, Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? To which he responds, it do be a little cray-cray. During this scene, we learn that Arthur has aspirations of one day becoming a stand-up comedian, and eager to receive some feedback on his material, shows his joke book to the social worker. Finding the whole book to be side-splittingly funny, she finds one joke, that being I just hope my death makes more sense in my life, to be especially hilarious, as the word sense is spelled out like my main man Fiddy. Go, 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 shawty. It's your birthday. We party like it's your birthday. While commuting on the bus, Arthur makes a bored kid laugh, and as a result of being confronted by the kid's mother, starts laughing hysterically himself. It turns out that Arthur has an underlying medical condition, where he laughs uncontrollably at inopportune moments, a byproduct of always being so damn happy. Making his way home, we learn that Arthur shares a residence with his mother, which, like, is not weird at all as all the millennials are doing it. After making her some din-din, Arthur sits down with his mom Penny to watch some of the Murray Franklin Show, a late-night talk show hosted by a guy whose actor I have never seen in my entire life. Transporting himself to live on set, Arthur imagines having a conversation with Murray, telling the talk show host how his father left him when he was a wee lad, and that he's been the man of the house ever since. Sharing his sentiment, Murray calls Arthur down from the audience. The duo have a heartfelt father-son moment, with the Murray telling Arthur, You see all this, the lights, the show, the audience, all that stuff? I'd give it all up in a heartbeat to have a kid like you. The next day, Arthur is visited by Randall, a fellow clown for hire suffering from eating everything in sight, who after hearing of the ass-beating given by the rats the day before, gives Arthur the best pest turn known to man, a snub-nosed revolver. While Randall makes fun of a dwarf co-worker named Gary because he's an asshole, Randall that is, not Gary, Arthur is called into his boss's office, who looks like Uncle Rico if Coach put him in the fourth quarter. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. After getting his ass chewed out by Uncle Rico for losing the sign, Arthur takes his frustration out in some trash before heading home. 
About to ascend, Arthur stops the elevator's door for a local apartment resident named Sophie, who after expressing suicidal thoughts due to the shitty living conditions they live in, becomes a love interest for Arthur. While giving his mom a warm, sudsy bath, because that's what loving sons do, Penny expresses concern over some unanswered letters, as she's tried writing Thomas Wayne, one of Gotham's most wealthy residents, and someone who Penny worked alongside with for years. Convinced that Thomas would help them if only he knew of their squalor living conditions, Arthur reassures his mom that everything will be fine, as he's convinced that his stand-up routine is ready for the big show, but not without Penny giving him a big oof in the process. Don't you have to be funny to be a comedian? After applying some cold water to the burn spot left by his mom, and after shooting a bullet into the drywall during a sexy dance, Arthur stalks Sophie to her work. While reviewing the notes he took earlier that night at the local comedy club, Arthur receives a surprise visit from Sophie, who tells Arthur she knows that he was following her. Rather than upset, Sophie seems pleased, and with sexual tension between them being as obvious as the first question in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Arthur invites her to watch his stand-up act, an invitation that Sophie takes him up on. While performing at a children's hospital, Arthur is unfortunate enough to have his strap, his gun that is, fall out of his pants in front of all the kids. Over the telly, Uncle Rico chews Arthur's ass yet again for packing heat into a children's hospital. Arthur tries to tell Rico that he obtained the gap from Randall, but Randall's fat ass has already cooked up a lie, telling Rico that Arthur tried buying a piece off of him a couple of days earlier. While commuting on the subway, Arthur's good vibes are disrupted when a trio of Wall Street jackasses, drunk after a night out crushing cosmopolitans and eating McDee's, stumble in and start harassing a woman. With his self-destructive brain figuring that this would be a perfectly inopportune moment to start laughing, Arthur, you guessed it, starts laughing uncontrollably, shifting the trio's drunken gazes at him. And in a sequence of events that leaves me completely confused to this day, not only does the trio choose to approach the uncontrollably laughing man dressed as a clown, but they start singing Send in the Clowns. Isn't it rich? Are we a pair? Me here at last on the ground, you in Yes, send in the fucking clowns. Seriously, who the hell are these psychos? Doesn't matter, Zarther smokes their asses to never land where their creepy asses belong. Having just permanently put three guys to sleep, Arthur runs away from the scene, making his way to a very tidy bathroom. And having just experienced the thrill of shooting a six-capacity revolver eight times without reloading, expresses his euphoria jubilantly through dance. In retrospect, this is probably the most unrealistic scene in the film, as Arthur, an individual not necessarily known for his luck, is able to perform an entire dance routine without someone waltzing in. I can't even give myself a pep talk in the mirror without someone bursting in like SEAL Team 6. Oh yeah, and Arthur kisses Sophie. Act 2. I had a bad day. Having just killed three guys, and you know, not wanting to go to prison, Arthur listens intently to the news every opportunity that he gets, with one of these instances being with Thomas Wayne. You see, all three of the yuppie assholes Arthur gunned down worked for Wayne Enterprises, and Wayne, being an asshole himself, uses their killing as a push for his campaign of becoming Mayor Gotham. Ah yes, politics at its finest. Back at social services, Arthur takes the opportunity to gloat about his weekends. But when his assigned social worker tries to cut him short, Arthur's having none of that shit, saying, For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. But I do. And people are starting to notice. Having perfected his stand-up routine, Arthur performs his gig for the first time in front of a live audience, with Sophie in attendance. He absolutely kills it, as every joke hits harder than the last. Afterwards, the couple go on a date, 
with Arthur admiring the publicity his extermination of the three Wall Street jackasses is receiving, and Sophie admiring alongside with him. Given into his basic human impulses, Arthur reads one of his mom's letters to Thomas Wayne, shocked to find that the letter refers to him as Thomas's son. Confronting her about this revelation, Penny admits that Thomas and herself were once boyfriend-girlfriend, but due to the backlash their relationship will receive, due to Thomas being rich and Penny not having two pennies to rub together, kept it a secret and eventually broke up. Eager to meet his daddy for the first time, Arthur makes a visit to Wayne Manor. Remember how I said that subway scene left me dazed and confused? Well, this one's even more confusing, as a young Bruce Wayne, who will become Batman in the future for those who don't live in their parents' basement, chooses to not only approach a complete stranger that is Arthur, but do absolutely nothing when Arthur sticks his fingers in his mouth. I know, I know, it's easy to label Arthur the crazy one here, but I'm of the opinion that not even batting an eye when a stranger sticks their fingers in your mouth is a hell of a lot weirder than said stranger sticking their fingers in your pie hole in the first place. Anyway, some English chap, who I doubt will play any significant role in Bruce's life, drives Arthur away, telling him that Penny was a crazy bitch with a capital C and B. Arthur returns home to find his mom being gurneyed into an ambulance, an example of movie cliche number 138, impeccable timing. Having a smoke outside because it's 1981 and apparently cigarettes are bad for you? Arthur is approached by two detectives who question him about the subway killings, and why he, as a clown for hire, would roll into a children's hospital with a motherfucking strap. You're listening to Back to the Films. Follow me on Twitter at BackToTheFilmsP for updates on future episodes and other wacky shenanigans, and check out my new website at BackToTheFilmsP.wordpress.com. And without further ado, let's get back to the titillating action. Getting away from the posers and the haters, Arthur goes back into the hospital to check on his moms. While there, the Murray Franklin show starts playing in the background. And to Arthur's astonishment, Murray plays a clip of his stand-up act on the show. This astonishment turns to disappointment, however, when Arthur realizes that Murray's hating on his stand-up act because he's totally jelly of how much better it is than anything he's ever written. Just another poser and hater that needs to be destroyed. Still wanting to meet his dad, Arthur sees on the telly that Thomas is attending a hoity-toity event where a bunch of rich, snobbish assholes are going to congregate for an uproarious time watching some Charlie Chaplin, despite the civil unrest going on in the city. Finally able to meet his dad while he's taking a whiz, Arthur's told in a very shitty and unsympathetic way by Thomas that not only is Arthur not his son, but that he is adopted as well. Taking the news not so well, Arthur's uncontrollable laughing kicks in, and due to Thomas thinking that Arthur's laughing at him, punches him in the fucking face. <laughs> Arthur gets a call from the Murray Franklin show offering him a guest spot on the show, as audiences couldn't get enough of his superior in every way to Murray's performance, an offer he gladly accepts. Tired of other people telling him what the truth is regarding he and his mom, Arthur gets down and dirty doing some digging at the local mental hospital, as that is where she apparently was locked up. With the help of an African-American man he nonchalantly refers to as brother, Arthur is disgruntled to discover that everything Thomas said was true. He was adopted and Penny was instituted into the mental hospital. On top of that, Arthur learns that he was subjected to abuse by a piece of shit boyfriend his mom kept around. Returning home in incredibly heavy rainfall, or movie cliche number 47, Arthur takes a seat in Sophie's apartment, and to the surprise of everyone in the audience, it is revealed that other than their initial meeting in the elevator, Arthur has imagined every other meeting with Sophie, and she is not his girlfriend. Wow, talk about a nipple twist in mindfuck, huh? Having felt betrayed, Arthur does the one thing to Penny that I think all of us want to do to our mothers from time to time. Snuggle her in her bed. Shit, sorry, wrong word, smother, that's what I meant, my bad. And in doing so, tells her an interesting revelation he's had on his life. I used to think that my life was a tragedy. But now I realize it's a fucking comedy. Arthur rehearses for his appearance on the Murray Franklin show, planning to blow his brains out with a killer joke. Arthur also dyes his hair green while dancing in his tidy whities 
is he's going through one of those angsty teenage phases that people in their early 40s go through. While doing his face paint for the show, Arthur is visited by Randall and Gary, who stop by to send their regards. Randall asks what's with the face paint and hair, to which Arthur responds with, My mom died. Celebrating. Realizing that Randall is only here to cover his own fat ass, and remembering how Randall threw him under the bus and in general was an asshole to Gary, does the audience a big favor and kills the fat fucker where he stands. I just want to- oh! Because he was always nice to him, Arthur lets Gary go, but not without giving him a wee little scare. Ah! <laughs> Act 3. Lights. Camera. Kill. As if this film wasn't going to receive enough criticism from the media, the filmmaker said, fuck it, let's play a song written by a pedophile during the standout scene, featuring Arthur happily dancing down the stairs he so trudgingly ascended throughout the film. The so-called experts say the scene marks Arthur's descent into madness, but I'm not seeing it. Seriously, other than his ability to dance like nobody's watching in public places, what's so crazy about Arthur again? The two detectives show up again, and wanting to ask some questions, make chase. Arthur flees onto a subway, and dressed in his full clown getup, is able to lose the detectives in a crowd of clown protesters, but not without one of the detectives shooting and killing a guy. Admiring his handiwork in the green room, Arthur is visited by Murray and a producer of his, who between Arthur's face pain and the protests going on outside, are concerned that he might be trying to make some sort of political statements. Arthur reassures him that the face pain is not political, but instead a reference to when Murray called him Joker during the episode where they aired Arthur's stand-up. Arthur asks Murray to refer to him as Joker when he walks out, a request that Murray agrees to. With a flamboyant entrance consisting of kissing an older woman without consent, with no one other than the woman seeming to have a care in the world, oh how times have changed for the better. Arthur has finally made it to the big stage. After some initial banter and Murray taking jabs at Arthur every opportunity that he gets, Murray asks Arthur to tell the audience a joke. Pulling out his joke book, Arthur stops on the previously mentioned joke, I just hope my death makes more sense in my life, and having planned on killing himself this entire time, changes his mind. Arthur tells an especially offensive joke to bait Murray into showing the world who he really is, a goddamn talk show host. Ugh, aren't they just the worst? Except Conan. Conan's the exception. Having gotten Murray's panties in a bunch, Arthur admits to killing the three Wall Street jackasses, much to the horror of the live audience. After spilling some tea and dropping some red pills, Arthur decides that Murray has lived long enough, and kills him on live television. Get what you fucking deserve! As a result of killing Murray on live television, Arthur is arrested and there's absolute pandemonium in the streets. While being transported in a black and white, and in an effort to free Arthur from captivity, the vehicle's rammed by a goddamn ambulance nearly killing Arthur in the process. Leaving a theater, Thomas, Martha, and Bruce Wayne try to avoid the chaos in the streets by going down an alleyway. They are unsuccessful, however, as Thomas and Martha are gunned down by a masked man, leaving Bruce in his creepy and emotionless ways, standing above their bodies. With a little bit of coughed-up blood and the smell of napalm in the morning, Arthur awakens from a stupor, much to the delight of the crazed maniacs who have congregated around him. With a little dance and a bloody smile, Arthur basks in the delight of having found his new identity in a world where he always felt invisible. Joke. Thank you for listening to Back to the Films. Join me next time, where I'll be discussing the film that makes it not so lame to be bleach. Shaun of the Dead.